Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. If you're trying to get your kids to like the idea of salad, giving them a plate of romaine, like the least flavorful green, and trying to be like, yeah, here, you will like salad, is like the worst possible way you could go into it. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Salads, 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 (laughs) salads are going crazy for salad. Listen, I feel like food media promises that salads are one of the most nutrient-dense meals that we can feed our kids. Yet so many parents, including ourselves, lament that our kids do not like salads. Um, They don't care about them. They kind of don't want to eat them. So today we're going to share our very best tips for making salads that you and your kids will actually want to eat. So... We actually covered salads a little bit, Megan. Do you remember this? Yeah. So way back when we had a summer episode, number 47. How cute is that? We're on episode... Little 2019. Yeah, we're on episode 241. But we did an episode, we published an episode called Our Favorite No-Cook Family Dinners and Not Just Salads. And the reason why we titled it that, even the way we titled is kind of cute and funny to me, is because the intention was to talk about no-cook family dinners. And we do that, but we We really got lost in a conversation about salads. Oh my God, we have to talk about it. Yeah, because that was like one of our favorite no-cook dinners. But we also knew that that wasn't super practical to put out there. So we really had to expand and push beyond. So anyway... I think that's a really good listen still. And it's just also funny. Like if you're a super fan of ours, you could go back and hopefully feel like, look how far they've come. Yes. We also did a subscription episode in 2022 on winter salads, but we've just never really talked, like said definitively, we're talking about salads. We want your whole family to eat them. Even if you have a salad refusenik, like we're going to try to help you break through So yeah, I don't know. We'll include a few things on like making dressing at home, our store-bought dressings. Like we're going to get into it today. Okay. I want to talk about finger salads in particular, (laughs) but before we get into it, if you'd like to support Didn't I Just Feed You, there are several ways to do that. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen, send this episode to a friend, or join our free community at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. If financial support of the show is in your budget, you can also visit the community page to find out about joining our super fan community or subscribe to our bonus feed via Apple Podcasts. Every time you say that line, if it's in your budget, I imagine that GIF, GIF, however you want to say it, of the person just like, woo, 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 wooing <laughs> dollar bills. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, you can see me, but no, people I, listening in. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and also, I'm worried you just said that on recording because it's not expensive to join. No, <laughs> no those are like half dollars. Yes, no, we, we make it very reasonable for everything that you get there, which includes like bonus episodes, direct access to us, recipes. We are adding some printables recently. It's very good. In it's there. very Get good in, in that the community. That GIF was really more of a reflection of how I feel when I want something and I have the budget for it. I'm like, yes. yeah, You're like, here boom, we go. Boom, 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 boom. We're buying a new <laughs> salad bowl. Yes. We're buying the salad dressings. Oh, salad tongs. Yes. So yes, if you pay us, you'll have to want to pay us. <laughs> we're happy about that. Like, if you don't want to, don't, guys. Even if you have the budget, don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. I think you should pay us just for how far we've come because (laughs) I 
listened to 47, which includes like half of an episode about salads, many things. There are so many things to talk about. One, we were like hot for cheese. We spent spent too much time talking about cheese and saying cheese me and being so chuggy. We're straight up cringe, chuggy. We're all of those things. The other thing that's very sweet is that your kids. <laughs> I gave you the giggles. I'm sorry. Because I said chuggy. Okay, Because yes. <laughs> I said cheese me. All of it. Okay. All of it. What okay. about my kids? The sweet thing was your kids were nine and 11. Oh my God. Which are close to the ages my kids are now, which oh, they are eight and 11. I love that. So it's very sweet. And you definitely mentioned like Isaac likes salads. Oliver is sometimes a salad guy, which has sort of changed in the last couple of years. But. Salad is still the number one way for me to get my kids to eat vegetables. Yes. Yeah, see, I feel mm-hmm. like people think salad, they think leafy greens. But before we get into that, I want to discuss something, which is me calling myself out. (laughs) I was like, my kids do like salads. One of the things we do is we make what we call finger salads, (laughs) which are basically (laughs) chopped salads or like crudite with dips. And around the same time, Bon Appetit tried to to do this thing with finger salads where it was like endive or radicchio or like Romaine hearts with like a bowl of dressing. And at the like time, like on the side, you mean? On the side, like a salad dip. Got it. Okay. At that time, the internet was like, oh, hell no, bon appetit. Like, first of all, finger salads sound so gross. It still sounds <laughs> it gross, even if it's for kids. But then, then the weird, this is the weird, like cyclical thing about food media because recently on Instagram and TikTok, I can't get away from people trying to make lettuce chips a thing. I thought that was over. Remember when we made fun of it about a year and a half ago? Yeah, that was like taught. People were tossing lettuce with dressing, Mm -hmm. essentially, and trying to be like, oh, this is better than eating a bag of chips. Yeah. Now the bullshit that they're on is like plain lettuce and trying to serve it with a dip like ranch or buffalo blue cheese. And they're like, it's lettuce chips. My kids love it. I'm kind of of the strong opinion. If you're trying to get your kids to like the idea of salad, giving them a plate of romaine, like the least flavorful green, and trying to be like, yeah, here, you will like salad, is like the worst possible way you could go into it. Tell us why. There's no flavor. (laughs) But what if you serve it it with a thing of ranch? Then my kids are just going to like eat their ranch. They're going to dip whatever else into their ranch. I also think that you're absolutely going wrong when you call it chips. It's yeah. like we recently shared a real, you made me do this. I need everybody to know because it was so like I did. weird. I feel proud of that. I have You made regrets. me do the cottage cheese ice cream. And I was like, I don't know, like why? I don't know. And you're like, it's just funny. And you like cottage cheese and I don't. And I want to know. And then I accidentally bought three pounds of cottage cheese. So it really just, the universe conspired with you to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But it was not great. And I said that in the real at the same time, I was like, okay, but if I just didn't think about this as ice cream, because that's what everyone's calling it. And that's what's hooking everybody. That's what makes it viral because people who are scared of ice cream are like, oh, it's a substitute for ice cream. And people who aren't scared of ice cream are like, that crap's not ice cream. So no. And like, that's how you get everybody whipped up into a frenzy. But the truth is, it's like, it's just another food. Like if you have cottage cheese in your house, and you're someone who's looking for more high-protein snacks, and you have the time to whip up cottage cheese with these other ingredients and put it in the freezer, then, like, even though it's kind of mid, it's actually kind of good in a different context. Like, if all those things fit for you, that might be, like, a nice, easy way. Like, one night you'll have ice cream, but another night you don't feel like ice cream, and you'll have this frozen cottage cheese situation and get your extra protein in or whatever. The problem is when we call it ice cream, and it is absolutely not. The problem is when you call lettuce chips, stop doing it. Stop it. Yeah. (laughs) Not just. So would you serve lettuce chips or like finger salad or romaine dip to your kids? And do you think they would be into that? No. My kids, but my kids actually do like salad. They've always liked salad. They also really like dressing. 
Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, they always want more dressing tossed onto the salad. Like, they want every bite coated. Ranch on the side in my house immediately means wings. Yes. Immediately. Right? Yeah. Like, if I were to put out a little bowl of ranch on the counter and nothing else and just be putzing around, like, and they were trying to guess, they'd be like, oh, my God, well, we can have wings. Yeah. Oh, and man. if I then put out romaine. Woo. There's something here. A tip. A top level tip, which I think is where we should start. I think we should start with like some of our best salad tips, which is like presenting it as the thing it it is. Yes. Right. If it's a salad, call it a salad. And even like some salads feel like a side dish and that's fine. They're still a salad, even if it's like a snap pea salad. I think making the idea of what a salad is to your family much more broad is very helpful in introducing it. Like fruit salad is a great example. Yeah. Kids are going to love a fruit salad. And then they're like, okay, I'm keyed up on salad. And then when you serve them a tomato salad, they're going to be interested in that. And that's how you slowly build up to being able to do like a simple greens and vinaigrette salad on a weeknight when you're just trying to fill out the plate. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, of course, we don't judge. We don't care. You need to do what's right for your kids. And I guarantee there are kids out there where you use the word salad and it's game over. They haven't even looked, tried, seen, smelled, touched, and done. So fine. Don't use the word salad. Whatever. But I do think you bring up a great point with fruit salad, that fruit salad is a thing that many, many kids will eat. Even kids who refuse vegetable salads, if they are already kids who like fruit and you say this is a fruit salad, they're down. So working on making the idea of a salad as expansive as possible, I think is a great thing to do. And I will say, this is not just about kids and picky eaters, because I think a lot of grownups don't have an expansive idea of what a salad is either. And you'll find a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm not so into salad. And then you, you know, serve them a composed salad or you serve them in the summer peak melon with a little lemon juice and chili crisp or caprese. Who doesn't love caprese, right? And like, you're like, oh, I love this. So it's just a good idea in general for all of us to like really acknowledge that salad is this very expansive category. Yes. Number one thing, if you only listen to this minute of the episode, this is how you get your family to eat salad. You season it. <laughs> yes. You season it. Make it taste good. Surprise. You it at every stage, right? Like yep. you're cutting up your tomatoes. You're going to season the tomatoes, not just salt and pepper and maybe olive oil. You can do fresh herbs. You can do dried herbs. You cannot rely purely on the dressing to season the salad and make it delicious. We talk about this a lot in savory cooking. You've heard us talk about layering your seasoning. So when you put onions in some butter or oil to saute them, you sprinkle just a little bit of salt. And then you're going to add, you know, the next ingredient, chickpeas, a little bit of salt. So you want to be modest, but you want to build that seasoning as you go. It's the same with salads, even though you might be working with just raw ingredients. Yes. One of the things that I think you do really well too, Stacey, is your salads are not lettuce forward. They are often vegetable forward. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, for me, when I'm making a meal plan or composing a dinner for my family, I think like, what's my main and what's my vegetable? That's just yeah how I your think, brain. right? Some people do like protein, carb, this. Some people do yes. a main side vegetable. I'm just like main and vegetable. Like that's what I want to get. That's what I want to accomplish. So for me, salad becomes part of the vegetable category. So it can be roasted veggies. It can be sauteed spinach or it can be a salad. And I think that that's really helped me think about my salads beyond chopped lettuce or using crunchy leafy greens as the base. I'm very inspired in the summer by seasonal produce. Uh, I think that, I guess Italians too, because there's caprese salad, there's shaved fennel salads, but Greeks also do a lot of salads without leafy greens. I mean, the classic salad, Greek salad that everybody orders is just the, you know, tomato, cucumber, sometimes red onion, feta cheese. 
we have other salads. We really do make other salads. <laughs> a lot of them include leafy greens. But that's what I grew up with, where like one of our main salads didn't have leafy greens. So I really like that. Yes. I think we need to do a rapid fire at the end of like our favorite yeah. salad combinations okay, cool. because there's one, there's another Greek salad that we've talked about, yeah. like personally that I want you to dig into, Totally. but what you're describing that like tomato, cucumber, that salad with feta, here's the thing that it does really well. And I think this is another tip is like great salads include a variety of textures. That does not mean that they have to have a ton of ingredients, but having a variety of creamy, crunchy, warm, cold, picking from that like wheel of textures makes for something that is so delicious in every bite. Totally. And going back to that classic Greek salad, actually, and if you ask me, I hope my ancestors don't turn over in their graves. (laughs) Some Middle Eastern countries do that salad even better than us, like a Shirazi salad or some people call it an Israeli salad because they put pita chips in there too. Oh, like yeah. Crushed up pita yeah. chips. Uh, Greeks don't tend to do that. Some people put crunchy chickpeas. So there's lots of different things, but I agree with you. You want the veggies. You want the veggies to be approximately like all similar bite size. And then, like you said, creamy, crunchy. Crunchy can come from the veg, but also think about other things that you can add. Nuts, seeds, chili crisp, you know, anything that has a nice crackers, croutons. It is. It's the crouton theory, right? That you want something else in there that gives it a little bit of a different texture. Oh, speaking of textures, too, you can also combine raw vegetable and cooked vegetable, too. Absolutely. Um, One of my favorite ways to do that is like playing with color in a salad. So I think of like doing cooked sweet potatoes, roasted sweet potatoes, roasted carrots, but then also adding like orange segments to make a salad. So you're getting like cooked and raw. You're getting very savory and sweet. Um, So that's like a single color, but then also getting a variety of colors and like hitting on the rainbow can make for a really appetizing to the eye. Yes, I was just going to say it's delicious and it looks good, which is actually we know for a lot of kids really important too. I mentioned fruit and salad and I know that you have a strong, not fruit salad, but fruit and salad. And I feel like you have a strong opinion about this. Actually, I know you have a strong opinion. Like you're not pro sa- strawberries necessarily. I don't like strawberries in my salad. How did that become <laughs> the thing? Spinach with strawberries? No. Is that like what grows together goes together? I guess or was so. that part of some like '90s thing where we were just putting creamy poppy seed dressing on everything and we're yeah. like strawberries? I don't know. Like I would much rather like cooked vegetable and raw vegetable. Yeah. I do do fruit and salads. I like fruit and cheese. I, t- I mentioned the melon salad. I don't know. What, yeah. How do you feel about, like people put blueberries in a savory salad? I don't know. It's not really my thing. I think I've never considered it, like whether I do or don't. I think I prefer when it's either a fruit forward salad, which is not to say it's a fruit salad, but like we have a stone fruit panzanella in our recipe archive. So it is, it does include tomato, but it's like primarily fruits like cherries and peaches. And then there's like burrata and bread. Tomatoes are a fruit. So tomatoes, tomatoes work, but no, I know why you did that because we don't think of it as that, but that's why it feels like a quote unquote exception. Because actually, technically, it's not an exception. Yeah, yeah, it's not an exception. So then that does that break open your own theory where you're like, oh, I don't really like fruit and salad, but I like tomatoes and salad. I think we can, we're intelligent to decipher that. Like we think of fruit culinary, or we think of tomatoes culinarily as something savory. Yeah. Uh, but I'm with you, like a, a, a rando strawberry <laughs> or like a random orange segment where it's like if it's orange i want it to be intentional make it like one of the three components of the whole thing okay you know what though i just had a moment okay we're recording this 
spring, summer, and that is our mindset. I'm really like, I'm really hot on these like no strawberries and no blueberries. But actually in fall, I do love Asian pear and apples in salads. Mm. So maybe you're just anti-strawberries. Yeah, I might just be (laughs) anti-berries. Can we save the berries for the pie? Yes, I might just be. Okay. But but to take it like outside of us and our opinions, I think if your kids love a fruit, centering a salad or like a side dish salad around that fruit is like a really great way to capture them too. Yes, I agree. So we talked about fruit and veg, and we also talked about veg being both raw and cooked. Can we pause on that for a little bit? Because maybe we can give some like really concrete tips. When we're talking about raw, you can do the raw lettuce, of course, but then you have things like radishes, raw root vegetables that taste great. I'm thinking kohlrabi, parsnip, beets, even squash. A thinly shaved squash can sometimes work. It really depends. But like in a nice winter salad with some like creamy farmer's cheese and like a nice tart apple cider vinaigrette can work really nicely. I don't know. What else? Are there asparagus is really nice raw. You get your vegetable peeler and you just peel nice little ribbons of it. That can be really delicious. Actually, my kids don't really like asparagus. I don't And raw asparagus shaved is one of the only ways that we actually kind of enjoy it. Listen, I wanted to get to all of this in in our rapid fire, too, because I think there are lots of like combinations of like the of different veg where that can like just be the salad. Like you mentioning shaved asparagus. I'm like, oh, we really love like a shaved carrot salad. Yes. Which is sort of adjacent to that like grated carrot totally. salad that has like a sweet dressing and like often includes it includes raisins and almonds. And I know your family loves a raw broccoli salad. You've mentioned it several times. I know you're working on a recipe for didn't I just feed you listeners because it uses a store-bought dressing that's like not super readily available. So yeah, I'm glad you you hit on like we're saying veg. We keep saying vegetables, but we mean vegetables in like so many forms. And sometimes what's fun is having like um, the same vegetable and doing it like cooked yes. and raw. I too. was just going to say that like squash, scallions, even greens, romaine, like some raw and some that was grilled. Right. Yeah. So, yes, like roast it or grill it. And and like before, if you're feeling intimidated on like what cooked vegetable goes well with a raw vegetable, just take your one vegetable, like take squash and experiment with roasting some and shaving some thin and see how it goes over. Okay. I feel like every salad needs like a little something, like a little something sexy, a little like je ne sais quoi. Like what is that? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. And it doesn't Can have you to tell be us, like what, what that, that means practically. Yeah. Like, I think examples are helpful. I think we've already kind of touched on a lot of it. A couple of them. Right. Yeah. So like thinking about what is missing and what you can do to jazz it up. So like if it's all vegetable, can you add grain or fresh herb? If it's, you know, you have a nice tart vinaigrette, but you like a little bit, you know, spicy, can you on the adult portions put a little bit of chili crisp? If it's all kind of the same texture, you know, maybe it's like roasted squash, some sort of fall salad, you know, and roasted squash and grains with a little bit of celery, which gives you a little bit of nice crunch but you want something else, can you like toast the quinoa instead of just putting it in soft? I just feel like it's a little bit of playing with a lot of what we're already saying, like thinking about texture, thinking about contrasts, thinking about hitting creamy, salty, tangy, and figuring out what's missing. Toasting breadcrumbs, maybe toasting breadcrumbs with Parmesan that melts in there right before you toss it with the salad. Just something to zhuzh up your bowl instead of just being like, listen, there's a time and a place for everything. That's what makes the difference between the kind of salad you have at a restaurant and just a big bowl with chopped romaine, chopped carrots, chopped cucumber, chopped tomato, and a good dressing. 
You know what I think of as being a great archetype for what you're saying here is Caesar salad. Mm. Because mm-hmm. anchovies are the je ne sais quoi, mm-hmm. if, you were, if you will, of a Caesar salad. Because on it's like ostensibly just a Caesar dressing, which a lot of people will tell you you can make without the anchovies for sure. Crispy romaine lettuce, some Parmesan or like Pecorino Romano, very sharp cheese. Sometimes breadcrumbs, sometimes croutons. But the thing that when you have a really good like restaurant Caesar salad that you like, like keeps you coming back to that bowl that's like very simple is that there's that little bit of anchovy that you're like something. This is like super savory. Okay, it's super salty. I'm getting like a a good kind of metallic from it. Like there's something fishy, but I know there's not like truly fish in this. It's just such a good like example of adding something yes. so that you keep coming back and being like, what do I love yeah. about this? And I love going to some of these classic salads to help people start to conceptualize what it can mean for them. Because think about a caprese salad. Beautiful. You get great mozzarella. You get a beautiful, perfectly in-season summer tomato. You slice it up. You just put a little crunchy salt and good olive oil. And it's great. You get that at a lot of restaurants. You can make it at home. It's really wonderful as is. but Have you ever gone to a restaurant that then puts like a drizzle of a balsamic glaze or uses a basil or lemon oil instead of just a regular high quality oil or uses smoked salt instead? That's all it takes. And sometimes experimenting with these very simple salads. And personally, I think this is the time of year to start experimenting, guys, because going back to our very first top tip, make it taste good. Vegetables in general are at their peak of flavor, many of them, right around now. So this is a time when you can experiment without having to like go all out and add like 15 million things or make the perfect dressing because, you know, your vegetables and maybe even your fruit are going to take you a long way. You said dressing, make the perfect dressing. Can we talk about homemade dressing? Yeah. I know that for a long time, food media was like, oh homemade dressings. Everybody should make them because store-bought's like bad for you and not as tasty. I have store-bought dressings and we'll talk about those that I like to keep on hand. I also have homemade dressings that I like to make. And I think having like a back pocket idea of how to make a super simple vinaigrette and a creamy dressing is really helpful for when you're like entertaining on the fly and you already have the staples in your kitchen. I'm not good at remembering what the ratio is for a classic vinaigrette. Are you? And do you measure? I do not measure, but I do eyeball. Like I'm not just pouring and not paying attention. Like I have a jar that I make my dressing in and I eyeball it. I really go back and forth. It depends what's in the salad and how much sort of tart flavor I want, you know, like, especially if you're working with earthy ingredients in the fall, I up the vinegar and I might even go to like 50, 50. Okay. So start with like, what is in a basic vinaigrette for us? For us? I mean, for me, if I have time to shave on my microplane, a clove of garlic or chop half of a large shallot, I will start there. I put it in the jar And then I top it with vinegar again, if I have time and I let that sit and macerate for, you know, anywhere from like two minutes to five or 10 minutes, just going to cut the sharpness of that garlic or shallot. Neither of these steps are necessary. Yes, you can make a delicious killer vinaigrette without garlic or shallot or onion, truly. So then vinegar and oil. I think the typical recommendation is about two thirds oil, one third vinegar. I like it a little heavier on the vinegar. And sometimes, like I said, I'll push it to 50-50. Then from there, a lot of people will say you need something sweet. I usually use honey, but you can use jam. You know, there's lots of maple syrup. My go-to is maple syrup. Yep. For sure. Yeah. You can also do a pinch of sugar. Totally. Like if you don't have any of those things, like you're in a vacation Airbnb, but there's sugar, just a pinch. Just a pinch. And I will tell you, I've also made my dressings without sugar like literally olive oil, acid, and Dijon mustard. And that's what I was going to get to at the end. In a typical everyday vinaigrette, I do add a little bit of Dijon or grainy mustard. To help emulsify. To help emulsify. Exactly. And not like 
so much that it's going to dominate the flavor. If I'm going to make a mustardy vinaigrette, I know you have a maple mustard vinaigrette that you like. For that, I would use even more mustard so that that mustard flavor comes forward. But it's really like, honestly, oil, acid, and a little bit of Dijon in the right ratios with some salt. That's it. Like you can have a beautiful dressing. Okay, you went a little bit back and forth. You started with vinegar and then you started to say acid. And I think this is important because I did it on purpose. Yes. Say why? Because I personally like to use two different acids. So when I'm macerating the garlic and shallot, when I do that step, I'll usually just do the vinegar, which is why it came out that way. What kind of vinegar and like your basic? It can totally vary to me. I go between red wine vinegar, apple cider vinegar, and sherry vinegar. Yes. I am not a huge balsamic vinegar fan. I'm not really either, but you mentioned my maple mustard. I like to use apple cider vinegar for that. Sometimes rice vinegar, just depending on the flavor profile. Mm -hmm. And sometimes champagne vinegar, especially for something that's like a little bit sweeter leaning. But then what? You're adding another another acid. acid. Always try to have two acids. Primarily lemon juice for me, but you can do two different vinegars. Mm-hmm. You can use another, you can use lime. I like using lime paired with rice wine vinegar. Great. If I'm doing something, you know, with Asian flavors, pan Asian flavors, orange, orange is a little sweet. So it depends. Like I might skip or use less sweetener if I'm using orange, because even though it has some acid, it is usually sweeter. It doesn't like cut through the way lime or lemon do. Many moons ago, I wrote about using kombucha as one of the acids for making a simple vinaigrette. And like, there's so many flavors of them now. That's very fun. That's really fun. But you're hitting also on the magic of a basic vinaigrette, right? Like any one of those things that you mentioned, the oil, the acid, the emulsifier, the seasonings, if you just change them up, you have a completely different flavor profile. Totally. You mentioned rice wine vinegar and lime juice. With that combination, I also sometimes love to use a little bit less oil and add like a teaspoon or two of sesame oil, just depending on how big a batch I'm doing. And then use like miso paste as the emulsifier there. I'm changing up the sweetener you co- sort of mentioned already. Yeah. And then also you can use garlic and ginger or you can substitute ginger for garlic. But all of a sudden using this same formula, you have a completely different flavor profile. You have something that's like a little more Asian leaning. You can go Italian leaning and do like Italian seasoning or because I know you hate parsley, uh, just like dried basil or fresh basil. <laughs> do a red wine vinegar, a really fruity olive oil. Maybe even add some red pepper flake, and then you have like an Italian vinaigrette. Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinner time overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You, and that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter Butcher Box, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm, be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. 
Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Sometimes with my Italian vinaigrette, if I'm doing like an Italian sub-inspired salad where it's a lot of chopped vegetables, it's, you know, some red onion, maybe some chickpeas, some chopped salami in there. We didn't even talk about adding protein, like animal protein, if that's your thing, to a salad to bulk it up. I'll also add a little bit of mayo to make it a thicker dressing that will coat all those heavy ingredients more. So I want you, that'll be the segue, you to talk to us a little (laughs) bit about creamy dressings. The queen of ranch. The queen of ranch will talk to us about creamy dressing. Listen, pry my bottle of (laughs) store-bought ranch dressing from my cold dead fingers. (laughs) I do like to buy the seasoning packet for like the Hidden Valley Mm -hmm. Ranch, but I mostly like to use it for other things. And I don't like their directions, which are like, you just combine it with sour cream, I think. So here's what I think of as like, if there's a base for vinaigrettes, there's also a base for creamy dressings, whether you want to go ranch or maybe you're horseradish, blue cheese. If you just want to do like a buttermilk chive dressing. forget about blue cheese. How could you? It's (gasps) one of Brian's favorites. Really? Oh my God. We never eat it. Okay. Okay. So good. So I generally start and there again, there's like a room for swap ins and swap outs. I usually start with like a half cup of mayo, a quarter cup of sour cream or yogurt, something else that's creamy and got some acidity. And then to thin it out, to get a texture that I like, I like buttermilk, or you can use some acid to counterbalance all the creaminess of the mayo and sour cream. So lemon juice is great. You can use vinegars, sort of like you're talking about making an Italian, doing a little red wine vinegar, and then making sure you're seasoning it with salt and pepper, that like super simple base, and then adding in, whether it's your like Hidden Valley Ranch packet, go really hard on some black pepper, make like just like a creamy black pepper dressing. I also want to make like a creamy chili crunch dressing a thing. Like, can we take that base and add a ton of chili crunch to it? Yes, we can. So it's like spicy and crunchy. Would that be too spicy for your kids? Probably, but I could meet them in the middle with like a little bit of spicy. Well, this is a really important tip too. You can meet them in the middle or... When you start to build vinaigrettes more, you realize like I can shake up this much, pour that into another jar and add just chives or Hidden Valley Ranch packet 
boom, that's for the kids. And then take the same base and add a couple spoonfuls of chili crunch, shake it up. And now you have two different dressings with really the same Such amount of minimal yeah, effort. Totally. Yes. It's not extra work. Okay. Can we do real quick store-bought your like top three? Do you even have three? I think of you as someone who primarily makes dressings. Yeah. I don't have a lot of store-bought dressings. So I do have three. That's it. I have three. So it works. Hidden Valley Ranch. Yes. I used to never when they were little. And it really is about also for my kids. Like we don't actually eat it on salads that much. Is that weird? No. We use it as a dip. It's a dip. Yeah. And they like it for wings and French fries and just like having around. So we have that. We have not just tahini miso dressing that I've talked about a lot. And uh, I'm close, you guys. I'm really trying to get, I'm trying to hit a balance. I made a version of it because I'm trying to do a copycat version for us. I made a version that I loved. But then when I tasted it side by side, I was like, they're very similar. Like they're in the same, they're at the same party, but they're not in the same outfit. Like it Mm. wasn't close enough. But then I was torn because I was like, but I think maybe I like mine. We'll take it. And then the kids were like, no, like we like that. Not just like go, you got to push it, mom. So not just, and we'll have a recipe soon. And then the third is not a specific dressing, but I tend to, when I go to H Mart or the Japanese grocery store to pick up either like a carrot ginger or a ginger soy, like some sort of Starbot dressing from the Asian food market because my kids like it. I try all different ones. That is far less than I have. Okay. Like tell us. Lot. What do you have? Okay. I always have bottled ranch and bottled blue cheese. I know I like joke about how much I love Hidden Valley, but recently we've been buying the Bolt House brands oh, nice. of both of those. Mm-hmm. It's like same creaminess, same sweetness. I really like Acid League. Their pink peppercorn yuzu vinaigrette is one of my go-tos. I'm obsessed with yuzu right now. Mostly like for my own salads, like when I make lunch salads, I really love it. And then they also have a sushi shop ginger dressing that I love. And my kids also really love because they love that super basic like romaine or iceberg and like carrots and that dressing. I also have the not just lemon tahini miso dressing, but they also have a spicy one, which I always mess up the name of it. It's sort of like the same base. It's still the tahini base, but it it has like more heat to it. I think it's lime too, maybe. Mm, I don't know. Chili well, lime. Chili lime. That, I think that's what it is. Yeah. And that's really good on corn salads. I do admit that like my kids, mo- the rest of my family, I should say really like lean on the ranch and the blue cheese, and then our house-made maple mustard vinaigrette for dressings and dips, whereas the other ones are mostly for me because I tend to eat more salads, especially like lunchtime salads. So those are my, what like what is currently in our fridge. But it also lends to a thought, and this has come up in another conversation you and I had, that a lot of things that you enjoy as a dip can also be turned into a dressing. Totally. Like you mentioned an aioli from Trader Joe's. Yes. Yes. I forget what it's called right now, you guys. It's a garlic mustard sauce. Yes. It's one of their OG products. Also, they have an herb tahini that comes packed the way hummus comes packed. And it's in the refrigerator section. That would be amazing as a base for a dressing. But it's like served as a dip, you know, or it's sold as a dip. Even pesto, like taking pesto and adding a a little bit of basic vinaigrette to it makes it like a pesto dressing, which is really great for lots of veggie salads, but also pasta salads. Um, We both love the bomba sauce. I mean, really, you could add that to something, but that would make an incredible dressing. Hummus. Hummus for sure. Even like creamy cheeses, I feel like you could sort of turn into a dressing. I don't like cottage cheese, but I think you could make it like the base of more of a composed salad or like the way you do yogurt. Or ricotta. I think ricotta would probably be better unless you blend your cottage cheese. Yes. Okay. Fair. Okay. But here is a question I have. Actually, this is not something I've fully thought out. When do you feel like you have to dress a dressing in the bowl? Versus when can you put the dressing on the side, especially like when it comes to feeding kids? Well, my kids really like dressing. I think that dressing is 
a huge part of the appeal of salads for them. I think that in a bowl, I mean, the classic example is Caesar salad, right? Right. Don't usually make dressings in a bowl because when I make my homemade dressing, I want to make a big batch that I can have for several meals and that can like stay in the fridge for a week or two. So I do it more like if I'm entertaining or honestly, if I'm in a rush and I'm like, I don't have time to plug pull out the jar and make a big batch. I just want to like quickly in a bowl. I think it works best with a wooden bowl, but it doesn't have to be. But that just like helps coat the bowl itself as you're mixing the dressing. And I think it works best with like, I wouldn't make a ranch in the bowl. (laughs) Right. Anything that's a basic vinaigrette, especially if you're using mashed anchovies or microplane garlic, something that you that has like kind of a paste texture that you're going to use to emulsify the dressing and like whisk it all together. I don't know that that really answered your question because I think for me, like there is no feeding kid specific reason that I would make a dressing in a bowl versus in a jar. Yeah, I don't think that's the question. I think it's the actual like act of dressing it. Like, for example, if I'm making more of a composed salad, which might like have three or four ingredients and not be lettuce based, I am 100% dressing it because I had an idea of the flavor direction it's going versus like if we do a nugget salad, we do that pretty often where it's like there there are greens and I'm going to set out like a plate of vegetables. So I'm also going to pull out all the other dressings and let everybody dress their own bowl of salad. Got it. Yes. Or like another green salad that I would dress is sort of like a super basic arugula or sort of like butter lettuce with some Parmesan and I'm going to put like a very classic vinaigrette on it. Mm -hmm. And because that's the concept, I don't, I dress it for everybody. And I do that a lot for like serving other people. I almost always dress the salad for everybody. Okay. See, I think that's the question. I think where it comes into play towards feeding kids is if you have a kid who's sauce averse. Yes. In some capacity. And I think this sort of like segues into some of our best tips for for kids and salads specifically, which is like you were talking about the dressing, like just reserve a little bit and flavor it this way before you add the chili crisp. I think you can do the exact same thing, whether you're making a tossed salad or a composed salad. Totally. Like leave out a por- portion without the dressing and just make sure it gets like good seasoning of salt and pepper and maybe some lemon juice. So it doesn't have to be like saucy and scare off your totally sauce averse kid. Totally. And also just the idea of pulling out some bottles and saying you choose how to dress your salad yourself is, I think, very empowering for some kids and something that would make them more open to salads. Also controlling the amount. So, you know, I like, I'm very specific about how dressed I want my vegetables to be. And my kids usually want more dressing. Yeah. So I will personally dress the salad for everybody and then leave dressing on the counter. And they almost always take the dressing and pour more on top. So, so interesting. Yeah. I think I think overdressing is a, is a salad mistake that a lot of people make. I agree with you. I yeah. totally agree with you. But some but like my kids like it like they want to pick up their lettuce leaf and have ranch drip off of it. I'm like, that oh is no, it's too much. That I love too much. And that's too much. OK, some real quick. I think we kind of mentioned these in that old school episode, but just like some really quick family friendly salad thoughts. Yes. You can serve a lot of salads deconstructed. Yes. Like they especially for little like if you're doing baby led weaning, if you have little, little kids. The components of a salad, even if it's a green salad, sort of parceled out on a plate with dip is sometimes a wonderful way to do it. You can call it a finger salad if you want to. We won't be <laughs> you <mad>. must. No. <laughs> and I think related to that, you know, we I think we've thrown out the term without defining it a little bit earlier in the episode, but composed salads. Mm-hmm. There's toss salads that you put everything in the bowl and you toss it all together and then you serve it. A composed salad is more like on a platter. A caprese is a classic composed salad. So, you know, things might be like lined up or if you get really fancy, you maybe put like a little bit of yogurt or flavored yogurt on the platter and then you just lay vegetables like 
long pieces of endive and, you know, other things just on top. Composed salads are easier for some picky eaters because everything feels a little bit more separate and they can pull things out as they want very simply. Also, any sort of salad that, especially if you're going to do a toss salad, I tend to lean towards making it a build your own component. If it's not a huge pain, if you're like doing salad night and you're not rushed, if you can put things not in individual bowls, but like on one plate, put like your cucumbers and your tomatoes and your chickpeas and your cheese and let everyone build their own bowl. I find my kids much more interested in having their like custom salad experience. Totally. And it's very empowering. And I also feel like think about the ingredients that your kids already like. We were joking about fruit and salad, but fruit has a place in salad. You know, if they love blueberries or they're going through a phase where they love blueberries, find a way to incorporate that. And then even if they end up only picking out the blueberries, it's okay. I know this is a little strange because we think of leafy things as something that kids don't like, but Oliver always loved fresh herbs love them. Like if you took him to a garden, he would pick out like mint leaves or basil leaves and just chomp on it. So incorporating a ton of fresh herbs in our salad was always something that I did because that just immediately made it more appealing to him. So again, if you expand your idea of what salad is, then you start to find creative ways to pull in ingredients that your kids already like. Here, here. Okay. Quick fire, Billis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We used to call it a uh, lightning round. Yes. Can we just do like a handful of like simple salad ideas? I mentioned yeah. my like greens, salty cheese, like Parmesan and a vinaigrette. Yummy. Do you do Parmesan shavings or do you do like grated Parmesan? Purely depends on what's on hand. If Beautiful. we already have like shaved in the house, mm -hmm. shaved crumbled, like the very fine Parmesan, sometimes you buy it in like the plastic deli container. Yep. I'll throw that in there. If I have a block, I love shaved. It's so pretty. And I think that makes it really appealing. But no shame in my game. Whatever is in the house. Love it. Okay. We're coming up on the season for one of my favorite Greek salads that is not popular. I don't know. I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen it served in a Greek restaurant. So it might just be like a home thing. Okay. Literally boiled potatoes tomato and red onion tossed with olive oil and red wine vinegar and a little bit of lemon juice. So you're just taking like perfect summer tomatoes and you're cutting them into wedges or whatever size you cut them into. You want to then also cut the potato into the same size. And then like think of quartering a red onion and then thinly slicing it. So it's not really like a potato salad and it's also not really well, it like is. I mean, a it Greek is. salad. It's somewhere. It's a potato salad. In a way, it's a potato salad. Okay. Because it's maybe just, not in the way I think of potato salad. Because it's more a, potato than tomato. Yeah. Okay. And so then the dressing it and like tossing it all together, is that what makes it like creamy like a potato salad? I mean, some of that creaminess comes off of the boiled potatoes because you've peeled them. So you know how when you peel a boiled potato, it's, you know. Yeah, you're exposing all the starch. Yeah, exactly. And it's like kind of fluffy on yeah. the outside. And then it's that olive oil and, you know, red wine, vinegar, and lemon. It's a really simple summer salad. It's so good. I can't believe I've never made that considering how much I love potatoes and how much I don't really like, like, traditional potato salad. Oh, and I have to tell you also, served cold. You can serve it warm. Yeah. So, like, I'll first make it and, like, I might serve it then. But really, make a big batch and put it in the fridge because, you know— eat it at night, like if you've made it early in the day or the next day. It's really good cold. Okay. I don't want to take us too far down a rabbit hole, but on TikTok recently, I saw this creator. They call themselves the Salad Lab. Okay. They did this really funny thing where they asked AI to make a viral salad. It's <laughs> amazing. And what they did was tomatoes, cucumber, and red onion. Those three ingredients plus a vinaigrette. But what they did with those three things it's like was salad. it's like a what Greek did they salad. do with it, though? They like had all of like they have like cherry tomatoes halved, cherry tomatoes quartered, heirloom tomatoes chopped, mm -hmm. um, cucumbers sliced, cucumbers like julienned into yep. like confetti pieces. So like all the different 
forms of those three things in one big ass salad. And I don't know why it just had me cackling because tomato, cucumber and red onion is like a base salad that then I like might add chickpeas to or might add chickpeas and salami or feta to make it more Greek adjacent. But I think of that as like one of the bases that my kids and my family will eat. I kind of love that. And I think it's a really great way to show that texture can be achieved, not just from adding and adding and adding more things, but just by chopping your vegetables in different shapes. Or like we talked about earlier, make your squash, some of it raw, some of it baked right there. Boom. Texture, like cutting cucumbers two different ways. Texture. Yes. Okay. I feel like you might have strong opinions against this, but I love avocado and citrus, especially in the winter. Sometimes I love it too. With a creamy cheese, like even a goat cheese or a feta, sometimes just those things with a like citrus forward vinaigrette. Love it. But then I also love to swap the citrus from the winter into like super ripe peaches in the summer too. I wasn't going to bring it up because I was like, let's not keep reviving this dead horse of a conversation about fruit and salad. (laughs) But I was remembering that I do love peaches and salad. Peaches and salad rock. They're so good. Peaches and tomato, a peach, tomato, red onion salad is great. Okay, I had that on my list. Oh, you yes. do? It was yes. like, I'm sorry to mean to no, spoil no, it. No, no, no. No, you didn't spoil it. I'm just in, we are in agreement. Um, one that you do really well is like a melon prosciutto chili crisp situation. Yum, mum, mum, mum. Yeah. Even just without the prosciutto, if you don't, if y'all don't eat meat or don't like prosciutto, also, prosciutto can be pricey. Yeah. Just that with good olive oil, a little bit of lemon and that chili crisp is so good. If you do like the prosciutto, raw or crisped in the oven, too. Yes. Also, it's delicious. I feel this is really like tapping away at your theory that you don't like fruit and salad. I feel like one of the salads that you do really well is fennel, orange, and like arugula and like put it on top of crispy fried things. I do like that. You're right. I obviously, well, okay. (laughs) Why do we keep bringing it up? Because we did land on me saying it was just berries. Yes. Right. So we're, we're affirming, we're affirming that. I was not trying to make this a Bash Villas episode <laughs> at all. Sorry. Okay. Last, any last look? Yes. Salad suggestions, rapid fire. What else yeah. you got for me? So another Greek salad, it's called Maruli. Actually, it's gotten some like nice heat, like good heat on attention on social media recently, but it's literally just chopped romaine with a ton of chopped fresh dill, fresh, not dried. And then olive oil, lemon juice, red wine vinegar. Yum. That's it. For some reason, that made me think of snap peas, not cooked, but like chopped radishes, thinly sliced and doing like lots of mint or basil and like a super simple vinaigrette. I love that. And also that with raw and either grilled or like pan charred, quickly pan charred snap peas. Like a combination yes. of the two is really delicious too. We talked about shaved asparagus. It's the only way my kids will eat asparagus, but that which is some like cubed pecorino cheese and a nice like simple vinaigrette is really yummy. We didn't discuss slaws at all, but any kind of like shaved cabbage with a super simple, like I, we eat a lot of shaved cabbage, shaved carrots, And then whatever flavor profile vinaigrette, whether it's like something to go on top of a barbecue sandwich or something to go inside of a fish taco, we'll change up the dressing. But y'all, that's salad. That is salad. It's so good. Slaws are salads. And then should we just do a quick like nod? Remember that, you know, I think we have a side salad episode or side grains. We definitely have a sides, like what to do with bulk grains. Yeah, we definitely have a side dish episode. So, so I will link to both of those. We really focused on vegetables because we think that is where salads start. It's far from where they end. But because they start with vegetables and we think of picky eaters as not liking vegetables, it seemed like the right place. But pasta salads, grain salads, using legumes and beans, like go check out those episodes as well. We'll put them in the show notes because... Those are also salads. Three bean salad. Yeah. 
I would also say so many of these rules apply even if you're like, oh, I'm making a bean salad or I'm making a pasta salad. I think a lot of these rules apply. And you briefly mentioned proteins, but I think you can take a lot of these concepts, bulk up the volume that you're making if you're trying to make it a main dish rather than a side, and then add the protein of your choice, whether it's like grilled chicken or leftover carnitas. Um, and then maybe even add some greens if you're doing like a veg, veg forward salad to like just yep. give more bulk. It's and like health, the taco salad it. premise, right? You had some yes. meat in there too. And I'm going to say special bread came up in a recent what we're cooking and eating now. <laughs> but when I do that, when I make it my salad extra big and I add protein and I think it's going to be hefty enough, actually adding special bread makes sure that everyone gets full. And gets everybody excited because I'm not like slinging special bread all the time, but I've paired this like thing that they like, like some delicious fresh bread from the bakery with salads. And suddenly a salad dinner becomes something that they really look forward to. We will not be elaborating on what special bread is. There is a whole thread in the community about it. If you haven't listened to that while we're cooking and eating now, it goes deeper than just like garlic bread. So please join our community. Well, should we take it there too? Salads? Yes. All right. Let's take it to the Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. We hope you've joined us there. If not, join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And if you want those bonus episodes, other goodies, all the things that come with being a supporting member, you can find out about those options at that web page as well. Saying web page makes me sound ancient. You're about 100 years old. I think you called it an interweb in a recent (laughs) interview. The Webernet. I also just said you're 100. It did not mean to be a bashing Bella's episode. Let me get out of here. Hey, follow us on Instagram where I make Stacy try things like cottage cheese ice cream. And we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review...